Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, and we're here to bring you probably the last bonus episode before our season proper finally begins. And Woo. I think I'm going to start off by apologizing for that season not being ready yet, because I, I said to a few people who asked it would be up in June... Still might be the last week in June, but it's looking very much like it could be the first or even second week of July. To be completely honest, the only thing we're waiting for is the logo, the album art that you see when you look at the show. We do a new one each season, and I'm just waiting for the artist to send me the art for season three. And as soon as I get it, season three goes up that Monday. So <laughs> it should be this coming week. But it could possibly be the first week of July. If it is, I mean, what day of the week is July 4th on? People travel. Yeah, it's, it's a Monday. Monday. So so yeah. if it was that week, then you guys would have a, a podcast to listen to uh, for 4th of July. But no, no word on that. We'll be announcing it on Twitter and Instagram when it does come in. So we're going to do one more bonus podcast before the season starts. And you know what? At the top of this, we should, while I'm on the subject of us being in between seasons and it taking way too long for season three to start, right off the top, I'm just going to thank the Patreons that we've had that have been supporting us this whole time. Oh, yeah. We've got got Tara Clarkson, of course. (laughs) Been there. Been great supporting us and the other Turtle Pods, from what I hear when I listen to them. It's, uh, It's... Great support there. Janky Zipper, still supporting us on there. And Naris Corpse. If I'm saying that wrong, please let me know. Uh, I am terrible at reading usernames usually, but those are the Patreons we have. Thank you all so much for supporting us. One thing we can also announce at this point is the season starting either this month or beginning of July. And sometime around end of August, beginning of September... For the Patreons, all you have to pledge, if you're not a Patreon right now, a dollar a month, we're going to start doing bonus episodes that come out every week, starting around end of August, beginning of September. They're going to be exclusive to our Patreons, and they're going to be just about all, we're going to call it Nerd Therapy, Sean and I have discussed, right? (laughs) Is that the name we talked about? Yeah, yeah, that was the one we like. So it's, it's a bonus episode every week of Nerd Therapy, and it's going to be us ch- just talking about things. We'll probably also talk about Ninja Turtles, but just all of what's going on in our nerdy lives that week. So that'll be sometime around end of August, beginning of September. We'll start doing those bonus episodes. So Patreon us up. You'll get a thank you every month, and you'll get a bonus episode every week. What's not to love? Exactly. One dollar. You're not going to notice that dollar's missing. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, today we're doing a bonus episode. We're going to uh, talk about what's on every video game player's mind, it seems. And that is the Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core remake. Uh, Looks amazing. Yeah, Final Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Why won't? Why are they trying to make Zack? You know what I think? They announced this last week that they're remaking Crisis Core. It's going to be on the PlayStation Five this winter. 
to me, this clearly indicates that they're going to be making Zack a bigger part of the Final Fantasy VII remake story that they've been putting yes. out. Because they're like, all right, some people might not be cued into Zack yet. Let's re-release that game he had. We'll do like an HD touch-up. We're not here to talk about that game. I, that, that was an obvious fake-out. We're here, <laughs> we're oh, here to man. talk about Shredder's Revenge, the, the game that uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this played the entire weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got two two characters left to level all the way up, but yes, that, that has dominated my weekend. I didn't get to play it that much. Uh, I did finish it on, well, let's, yeah, let's, first I want to say, if you made it this far into the podcast and you haven't played Shredder's Revenge, we should probably get this out of the way, and for some reason you don't want spoilers, we're, we're definitely going to drop spoilers, because I don't think I can talk around it here <laughs> like this. no so, it would basically be impossible yeah so come so. back to this podcast after you've played uh if you want a quick thing before the spoilers start i will say definitely worth playing if you were oh, listening yeah. to this to figure that out definitely worth the price tag go out and play it absolutely amazing we love the game we love it that's all you needed to know if that's why you were listening to this now on to our thoughts spoilers ahead so yeah, no, I I didn't uh, I didn't finish the game. Uh, I did finish the game. I I didn't complete anyone's character. I didn't because there's leveling up in this game. Your characters can like level, and I finished the game on the easiest difficulty. Because my first thought process was when I first started it, I was like, let me just see the game. I want to see oh, yeah, yeah. every level and see what it's like. So I'll play it on the easiest difficulty. And then that turned out to be enough of a challenge, man. Like, I got to say, like, they, I didn't game over, but I did a few times get down to, like, my last life where it was possible I might game over on the easiest difficulty. The game is a lot more challenging than I expected, which is good. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, I've never been really good at these beat-em-ups. I love playing them, but I've never been good at these and i think it's because they're very closely related to fighting games which i'm also terrible at i feel like this one especially though since you have the different moves and things like that it's got a little more going on than the old games yeah that's was. great that's that's one thing that really elevates it in my opinion over the previous turtle beat-em-ups is i mean i've played turtles in time a thousand times in my life and it, it does at a certain point, you're like, okay, you're just hitting like the 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 hit button, and sometimes jump hit, you know, and, yeah. and very rarely your special attack, but because it damages you. And in this game, you get like sort of different combos, and you unlock other combos as the characters level up, which is really cool. It really adds to the replay value. It's it's just a blast. Like it, it's fun to play, even though this isn't my preferred genre of game. They really pulled me in. There's a lot of things they did with this one that I like that are different. So the leveling thing is cool. I love that it's set at the time that that turtle show would be on. I like that it's not set in 2022. Yes. But yeah, like it's that's... definitely a throwback. That reminds me of that tweet I made a while ago, though, of how at the be the first level in the game, 
they're taking over the Channel 6 news station. And by today's standards, I'm like, man, the Foot Clan just needs a Twitch channel. That way they don't need to like invade the, the Channel 6 news every time they want to go live. And that got me thinking, I didn't I didn't post this, but like I'm just dying all day thinking about Shredder with a Twitch channel. Being like, yo, what's up? It's your boy Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> We're going to bring you some turtle soup. Like, <laughs> So the other thing it did that I like is the enemies can hurt each other. The environment can hurt the enemies. So that, that adds some more strategy to it because that is one of the things we'll, we'll use turtles in time since you brought it up that never made much sense to me. Like the giant wrecking balls usually wouldn't hit. The foot soldiers, or they oh yeah, or like each the other. energy beams and stuff like that. Yeah, so I love that they did that, and they addressed one thing that even as a kid that bothered me was in Turtles in Time that the turtles can throw the stone soldiers, and it just never made sense to me. I don't think so, I ever even tried that. I, I didn't know they could that, do that. Yeah, you can do that in those games, but you can't. In Shredder's Revenge, and I love that they did that little detail of bigger enemies you can't throw. Yeah, that is really cool. And it's it's great that they divided the game up into, like, there's like a, a world map like a Super Mario Brothers game would have. And yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed that, and I think once I level everyone up, I'm going to probably stick to arcade mode. But I do like that they put a story mode that has some different things going on in it. Yeah, like, you know, because my my preferred type of game that I usually play, if, if we're going to talk about how I'm not good at beat-em-ups, let's talk about how normally I like to play platformers. And a big thing in platformers is, like, the collecting things. Like, every Mario game's got, like, hidden coins you can collect or or things like that. And this has that in the story mode. It's got... The newspapers you collect for Vern, it's got VHS tapes you collect for Irma, the crystals for the neutrinos. What do you collect for the punk frogs? I can't remember. Flies. Flies, yeah. Or they're beetles. Bugs. Something. Bugs, yeah. They look like beetles, yeah. And I feel like I'm missing some, but you get the idea if you're listening to this and you're thinking about playing the game and you haven't yet. It's, it's really cool to have those things. I will say most of them are in obvious places. If you just go through the levels oh, yeah. and break everything, you're going to find yep. them. But I kind of like that about it, too. And I like I that like, you have like to said earlier, find you, the you level characters. up your characters. You unlock different moves for them. There's a lot of like reasons to, like on the world map, replay a level. Because that's the first thing I thought when I saw the, the trailer for this and saw mm. the world map. I was like, well, why would I want to replay a level in a, in a beat-em-up? You just want to, you know, keep going through the, the beat em up and make it to the end. So right. I, I didn't understand it. But now knowing there's collectibles and and you can level up your character, both of those things make the world map make sense. And uh, if you guys have been listening I mean, at this point, I don't think Cowabunga Collection exists, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still waiting to play that because now I'm really curious what it'll be like to go back and play the old games. But. I feel I like they at, might be waiting for sales on this to slow, and then they're going to jump yeah, maybe. right in. 
Maybe. They're going to be like, okay, this is the right time to strike. People are still interested in Turtles, but everyone who was going to get that, everyone who's going to get Shredder's Revenge has it now. Let's launch ours. But we'll see. So initially I wasn't as excited for Shredder's Revenge because I enjoy the 87 cartoon, but it's not my favorite version of Turtles. And I Oh, started... this made me want to go back and watch the cartoon, yep. dude. Totally. It... Like, I'm... I'm totally like going to break my DVDs out and and start watching from the beginning. I haven't made it all the way through to season 10 in a long time, so let's see what happens, but uh I I, I definitely because of this game want to go back and watch the original cartoon. So, yeah, it made me want to do that even though I, you know, I watch and listen along with Turtle Recall, but I'm like I'm going back to the beginning again because I've never seen the whole series. But the thing you said that fits perfectly is there are parts of the game that just feel like you're playing with the toys. Yeah, that that is something I said to you last last week when we talked. Is it feels like the game is more based on the toy line than the cartoon because so much stuff is thrown in there that you're like, oh my god, or like the knucklehead is in a bunch the of the game. Was that? Um, the like the monster truck that they have in there. So we had this discussion over the weekend when we were playing. I think it was just a toy. I don't know if it ever was in the show. But that's my. It was a toy. Okay, that's what I was trying to think of. And then like on Rat King's level, his like his his sewer thing, whatever you want, the thing he rides yeah, his, the sewer his, that's like crashed boat. in the corner, which he used in Turtles in Time. But still, it's nice to see it again. I, I like just the fact the foot cruiser's in there now. Yeah, there's a lot of cool vehicles. One thing I will say that I'm terrible at in this game is the the foot that used the flying vehicles that, like, shoot. Oh, yeah. I'm so bad at hitting them, and I don't know why, because I never had any problems in the arcade game, the Super Nintendo version of Turtles in Time, the arcade version of Turtles in Time. I've never had a problem hitting those flying enemies before. But something about this game, I couldn't... Like, I was always missing them, and I was stuck on those screens forever. So, my first playthrough, I didn't pay attention to that little tutorial at the beginning that went through the moves. Yeah, why? Is there, like, a move I'm missing? So, if you hit Y and B, I think, together, that does the jump attack... And I didn't know oh. that. I might, so I, I might have been screwing that up. So I, the first playthrough of the game was really difficult because I was having such a hard time hitting any flying enemies. And now I just kind of spam it <laughs> and <you> yeah. kind of <laughs> bounce off everybody. So it works out really good. But yeah, I got to say the bosses, the level design, uh, the, the music, which... gorgeous. Yes. I got to say, yeah. like, there were times where I was just admiring how good this game looked. Like... And maybe it's because I haven't been able to play, like, we keep referencing it, but you have to keep going back to Turtles in Time. Maybe yeah. it's because I haven't been able to play Turtles in Time on a nice HD, mm -hmm. uh, like, projection like this. Like, like it's not available that way that I know of. So, yeah, maybe it's just the upscaling of it all, but it, it just looks so good. I, I it looks It looks visually the best of any of the Turtles games so far. And I didn't notice it until the repeated playthroughs, but a lot of the music tracks are remixes. Um, the the first cheapskate level, where it's like a song, 
mm-hmm. is they, they wrote lyrics to one of the old game songs, it sounds like. That's awesome. So I love that. Um, again, it the cheapskate levels are pretty good. I, I didn't think, because usually I'm not a huge fan of those levels in the games for whatever reason, but I really enjoy them in this one. Yeah, the internet's just... I, I mean, obviously, I know my Twitter is kind of curated to to be, to be focused on me, but it seems like everyone is talking about this game right now. And something I also see people say that I totally agree with, and it's kind of a tangent because it's not completely related to the game, but I've seen them say, like, now that this game is so awesome, I've seen multiple people post that they should do a Simpsons arcade game in the style of this, like to, to reboot that. And I could not agree more. It's been so long since we've had a good Simpsons game. And if they would be cool, they did that in the style of this, like not just re-released the Simpsons arcade game, made a new game like this with all the Simpsons references in there and collectibles and stuff like that. But uh, you mentioned the arcade mode. I actually honestly haven't even done the arcade mode yet. What I just finished the story mode today because I haven't had a whole lot of time to play. What's uh, what's that like? So arcade mode is you have credits and that's different depending on the difficulty you choose. Okay. So I've played through it once on arcade on regular difficulty. Um I guess we could pepper it. I have a few issues with the game, so... Arcade mode, I was able to play with my brother-in-law online. Oh, but it's, were you having, like, connecting problems? Playing with him was the only time I could get it to work, so... Uh, I've read it, that. I've read if... And, you know, this is going to be dated, like, a year or two from now. If someone's listening to this podcast, who knows? They've probably patched it and fixed it. But week one, I did see people online complaining that they get disconnected a lot. And like it's it because I, I actually saw somebody who said they bought it on all three systems. They bought it on Xbox, yeah. PlayStation yep. and Switch. And Same they problem. said on all three systems, they kept getting disconnected from online plays. So that that's one of my few knocks against it is that. But basically, but I arcade- think you can expect that from any like week one that's going to happen. The game hasn't even had its first update yet. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? True. So it's it's probably going to get fixed. And but probably arc- has the most people playing it right now. Arcade mode is just basically if there was no story, there's no map, it's just level after level. Okay. And you're not leveling the characters, but you do have access to all the moves and but I enjoyed it. It was really fun and the cool thing about it. So a little shout out to our Twitter peeps. I'm hoping it continues, but everyone I've added to my Switch from Twitter, who's a Turtles fan, I get been getting random invites to play, and unfortunately, every time I've gone to join their game, it kicks me out immediately <laughs> instead of letting <laughs> me join their game. So I'm hoping I get to play with more people, but I, I love that aspect of it. Well, that brings impl- you mentioning the arcade mode brings me to the thing I probably have the most thoughts on, which is the whatever you achievements, whatever I think they're called achievements oh, yeah, yeah. in the game. So that's the the part of the game I have the most thoughts on because, as you know, I am one of the type of game players who tries to one hundred percent every game I play, <laughs> like. 
recently we talked on the podcast oh these episodes haven't gone up yet but uh that i played crash bandicoot and that was like one of the few times i didn't even try because it's crazy but most of the time if i play a game i i try to 100 percent it if it's on playstation i try to get all the trophies and that's something that as we get older i i don't think it's them i think it's me (laughs) i think i'm getting worse but like also it's a little bit them because I feel like I feel like we need a second category on top of trophies for like hardcore gamers like like top trophies or something something that's on a separate list because now I'm getting to the point where they have these things now in games where one or two of the trophies or achievements are always targeting those hardcore gamers and it leaves someone like me only able to get 98% completion. And that drives me crazy. So I've accepted now because I've played it so many times. I am never, it's not every level, but any level that has the don't get hit one, it's never happening. That's never going to happen. There's also an achieve. Well, that's a separate thing from the achievements list. That's like each level has its own like goals, which I don't know what you get. If you, you, you probably get an achievement if you hit all those goals, but, that there's like the, the the specific one that I know I'm never going to be able to do is beat the arcade mode on the highest difficulty without using a credit or a continue. Oh, yeah, without whatever. I'm continue. never going to be able to do that because, like I said, I'm not good at beat-em-ups. So I'm probably going – and then there's one more. What else was it? Oh, I'm having trouble getting the 120-hit combo achievement because – you know, the combo meter resets if you get hit. So it's hard so, to get 120 hits without. I found a workaround to that. What's that? <laughs> if you can get a mouser trapped in the corner and just oh, keep hitting it and okay. hitting it and I'll juggling it, you you can get it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the beat the arcade mode one. I'm, I know there's a uh, beat it on highest difficulty. I'm going to try. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I, like I think I those two are just never going to get done and I as a aging gamer need to start accepting that I can't 100% every game and I've got a giant pile of games to play that I've bought <laughs> that I need to get to. So I can't just be 100%ing everything. But I think once I get through I've got Splinter and Casey left to level up. But I think once Casey's I do that so good I'll s- and stick with arcade it worked Casey's out exactly good. as I predicted, where the, so you start off, Casey's an unlockable character in the game, and in my opinion, there should have been more unlockable characters, but maybe we can talk about that in a second. So each character has six stars divided among three different stats. There's strength, uh, reach, and speed. And each of them has their six stars divided up differently. Leonardo's like Mario where he's just two, two, and two, like he's the even player. And what I predicted when I first downloaded the game, I was like, I bet Casey has seven stars because he's unlockable, so that makes him a little special, and he does. He's got one extra star, so it makes him a little bit better than the other characters, but not by much. I guess I'll go on record on the podcast as much as this pained me to have to admit. So obviously I beat the game with Raph first. Yes. And uh, 
It turns out out of the turtles that he is not the best one overall to play as. It, it my turns my out top it, three. It, let it me just Mikey. give you my three because I think yeah I know where you're going is um <laughs> I beat the game with Michelangelo because he's who I use in all any of these games regardless of the stats. And then obviously Casey Jones I just said is amazing because he's got an extra star to spare. And I gotta say I think the the next character that I was most comfortable with, I played with all of them just to see if I like someone more. And out of all of them, I think April was next on the list. I really liked the way April plays. She's got good speed, good reach. She's not weak. She's not a one star for power. I forget who is it. It might be no Leonardo's got two. It might be split. It might be Mikey. It's Mikey. I think it might be Mikey, but he's got the reach and the speed. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, yeah, so she's stronger than Michelangelo, and it's, I don't know. I really liked playing as her. I only did it for one level, though, because I wanted to finish the game, but I played one level with each character and then finished the rest with Michelangelo. Yeah, so from what I've, obviously, Raph's my favorite still, but I, I if I had to pick my three right now, it'd be Raph, Mikey, and Splinter, actually. Splinter's really good. I haven't really played with Casey Jones much. And then no one's bad in the game, but I was surprised that even with the reach, Donnie's kind of the low tier end of it. Yeah, Donatello wasn't, I like I said, I played with them all. He wasn't that, that great. And I think they might have done that purposefully because people have mentioned that he's kind of OP. He's overpowered in a lot of the other turtle games yeah. with that long reaching bow. And yeah, I think I think they addressed that by being like, we're gonna make him a little more average this time around. And and I'm wondering if it's just that juxtaposition from untouchable to average that's making it seem like he's even less powerful. I don't so know. I've we'll only have to play more. He's definitely it. very slow. Because <laughs> he's only got one he, star for speed. He is the slowest. Um, I noticed it when I played by myself, but, and I don't know if you've gotten to experience the madness. So I've done the six player co-op. No, I haven't. I've only played literally like, I really wish I had more time to, to do with the game before we did this podcast, because I've literally just played through the story mode and I did one time where, you know, during the story mode, you can do like a co-op with somebody online. And so one time I tried that and played with like a stranger on one of the levels and that got disconnected (laughs) and, and yeah, it's, uh, it's all I've done is the story mode. I want to do the arcade today. So, so I'm hoping, you know, we can get a hold of the other turtle pods and do six player madness, but the game scales by how many people are playing. So with six of us, Donatello it's fine because you're all teamed up. Yeah. But I have never seen so much chaotic nonsense <laughs> going on on a TV screen in my life. I feel like if I played with six people, I would forget which one I was. Like that happens to me using my turtle arcade machine. I've had four people playing before and I've I've noticed that I'm I'm like actually I had to correct myself and be like, "Oh no, that's Raphael. I'm Michelangelo." Like <laughs> I start looking at the wrong turtle on screen. 
so yeah, there there is a ton going on, but if I had to pick, I prefer the couch co-op to the online, but that's more the Nintendo not having the voice chat being an easy thing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because so it was my niece's birthday party this past weekend, so that's how we did the six-player co-op, and my brother-in-laws Perfect. and I were getting excited over the little things, because suddenly two of the turtles would do the shell crush thing to an enemy or you know once i figured out how do you high five to share life or how to revive people and i love that you can do like a pose that's so cool too that we didn't bring that up is if you push the r button each character has like a different taunt i guess it's like the taunting in smash brothers and I love Michelangelo. He does the dance from the opening credits of the original cartoon. Where yeah, Raph just laughs. Yeah, I don't remember all of them. Uh, Leo but. crosses his swords. Donnie plays a Game Boy. April, like, <laughs> holds the microphone out like she's interviewing somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Splinter meditates. I don't think I've seen Casey's. But anyway, if you have a chance to play it in the same room with six people, it's chaotic. But it's really, really fun. Yeah, I just got back a few weeks ago from that trip to Brazil. And in Brazil, I played so much Mario Party with my wife's family. And I, I that was the first thought I had when I got this game. Is I was like, I wish I had this game when I was in Brazil. I was playing with like four different people every night. It would have been so cool. But next trip, next trip, it'll be there. So I, I definitely recommend it for that. And then I... I was impressed by the number of bosses and levels because I wasn't expecting it to be as high as it is. Yeah, every know- level has a boss. It's 16 more if you count the fact that some of them have like two characters as the boss. Yeah, yep. So, it's- so that was cool to see. And again, that was... I know most of them appear in the show, not all of them, but it was cool because like, I know Ground Chuck is in the show, but I really only associate him with the figure. So it was And that's cool. again why it feels like you're playing the toy line. All of these yeah. coming in. Though the character designs were we already said the game is gorgeous, but the character designs as well are all flawless. Like the the Triceratons oh, don't yeah. look like the toy line, but they look they look really cool. They look like the best I mean, we haven't really had many Triceratons in Turtles games, but I love the look of the Triceratons. There's this like pizza monster. That oh, I love how like, they did the pizza monster. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the Xenomorph. Uh, that that's such a cool design. And Metalhead, Metalhead looks perfect. He's always been one of my favorite toys. So yeah, I love that they got him in there. Super Shredder at the end's got a really cool design. There's yes, just so many cool. I love. So I guess we're doing spoilers fully. So the second to last fight in the game, the story revolves around Shredder and Krang stealing the Statue of Liberty, just like they did in in Manhattan Project. And one of the final bosses is you fighting a Statue of Liberty that has like Krang armor Uh and you're fighting it like like it's like Ghostbusters 2. Yes. And it's real I love that boss. That was creative. And like if you throw the foot soldiers into it, it takes damage, which was really cool cuz sometimes that, it gets too far away to reach. Does that work with Chrome Dome when he's in first yes. person? Okay. It d- yeah, it does. That what he so Chrome Dome switches into first person 
point of view sometimes, and it's exactly like in Turtles in Time when you had to throw the foot at Shredder. Okay, because I, I couldn't like dodge getting punched long enough to make it work, but yeah, and I mean, I know I've seen people that... You can only do it once. Once you hit him with one foot soldier, he switches uh, okay. off the third person view and comes back to fighting uh, you. Oh, okay. I, I know people, at least what I've seen on the interwebs is the boss difficulty is all over the place so like super shredder for example is kind of easy <laughs> yeah the but hardest I, I, boss to me was oh and i'm blanking on the name but that the, the mole that dug down dirt bag dirt bag yeah he would keep digging up underneath me and that was one where i almost game overed so the first time i played through it because i didn't know the jump attack Baxter was the hardest boss, but consistently now it's Chrome Dome for me for whatever reason. And the Technodrome level is the hardest level in the game for me every time I play through. I'm really bad at the, like I said, the flying things, <laughs> but the, I don't know what you'd call it. Oh, it's like in, dim in Dimension X. I get the asteroid level. Yeah, the asteroid level. I get, I take a lot of damage. Like, I, I get hit by, like, every obstacle in that level. <laughs> yeah, so I... The asteroid level is the only disappointing level and boss to me in the game. It's kind of like Battletoads. Because in yeah, Battletoads, when you're on the, the vehicle, they do that same thing where they give you an exclamation point that something's coming. Yeah. And yeah. You, you have to move. So that level's disappointing to me because it seems really short. And... If you grew up playing the original games, Slash was never Slash from the animated series. He was much cooler looking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's just disappointing in this game because I'm just not accustomed to that design. And he's also the easiest boss. Which he's like the hardest boss in the last in, game you played. With in the other ones. Him. I'd say him and... Uh, General Zorax, the Triceraton, are like the easiest two bosses in the game. Who was the one in the arcade? To me, that was the easiest boss. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Uh, it, does the, it does like projections of Triceratons and stuff. She she has the fake Toka and Reza. Yeah, oh, Toka and Reza. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, um, yeah so, Tempestra. She, yeah, she's th that easy, was the especially when you me. level up. But... And that's the thing, too, is pretty much every Turtle game before this has, like, one level that's my favorite, and then everything else is good or okay. This is the first time where it's, like, probably level four, so the Rat King till just before the Technodrome, I'm not positive, but it's like that entire section of the game is awesome. Yeah, I, I it's so good, dude. I'm in love with the every level. Like the art style, it's just so cool. I can't say enough that the art style of this game, I want a sequel right away. Like I want more of this. It's it's so gorgeous to look at. It's so fun to play as Casey Jones in April to the point where I'm wondering like I'm wishing like, they should have been playable in every Turtles game up to this point. Splinter 2. I haven't played yeah. with him much, but he's he's fun too. It's, it's so fun to play with not Turtle characters, which there was a fan game going around for a while that 
I said I'd talk about this later, so here's me talking about the, the, the fact that Casey Jones is unlockable in the game. I wish there were more unlockable characters because I don't know if you've heard of Rescue Palooza is the oh, name yeah, of yeah, yeah. the fan game. It has, like, you can play as, like, anybody in that game. Like, they have, like, Vern from Channel 6 as a character, like, Irma you can play as, like, everybody every ninja every character from the cartoon show i think the neutrinos you can play as just right. anybody so i wish they had that level like a smash brothers level of characters to choose from and you had to do like because to unlock casey you finish story mode how about a yeah. different character unlock to finish arcade mode you finish arcade you get another character you know things because that's one thing I always loved, even though I've said on this podcast I'm bad at fighting games. Uh, Smash Brothers doesn't really count. It's like a fighting game for morons, and I'm a moron, so I could say that. Uh, <laughs> and and one thing I always liked about Smash Brothers is how they make those characters unlockable, especially in Melee. Like, that was the most fun part was unlocking a new fighter. And I like how in Smash it's just based off, like, you can either do it this way through certain whatever playing a mode, or after how many matches they just unlock. I like that they did that. Yes, yes. And they could do that here too. Like after you have so many hours played or so many levels or so many enemies defeated, something. I but do yeah, find I, it weird they, that the punk frogs and the neutrinos are in the game, but they're not playable. Yeah, the punk frogs would have been great to play as. Maybe too but close to Battletoads, but we'll never know. But who knows, down the line, I'm sure they might add some DLC. They did say, so here's why I don't think it's going to happen, is they basically gave that stock answer that things give when it's like the week of game releases and they don't want to lose sales. So they basically said there's no plans for DLC at the moment, but if demand stays high for it, we'll look into it, was what they said. So I'm like, okay, so that, that to me, that says it's not going to happen. It says, if, if it does, my predictions, because I don't think they're going to go crazy with adding characters, is that Usagi will be added. Mondo Gecko, which I thought was weird, he doesn't cameo in the game. That is weird now that you mention it. The Punk Frogs should be playable. That's a thought I had while I was playing the game that you just reminded me of. Yeah. Even and if then, it's just one of them. I don't care which one. <laughs> I'm going out on a limb on my third one because I, I based this off Street Fighter 4, or not Street Fighter, Streets of Rage 4, which was the same publisher, and they only added three characters, but I think because they haven't appeared in a game, they put Ace Duck in. <laughs> That's funny. I bet he's in Rescue Palooza, too. And then, uh, I mean, there were a couple, like, it was weird seeing uh, Wingnut by himself. Yeah, they could have gone a lot further with the characters, especially if they brought in this beyond the 87 cartoon show, which is definitely what this is mostly based on. But imagine they could have like cyborg suit Donatello. They could have like shredder armor Raphael from the and image that, comics. That's what I was thinking is if they did skins, the only ones that seem obvious to me is if they did Sewer Samurai Leo... Sewer Surfing Mike, Space Cadet Raph, and Undercover Donatello. But I don't know what they would do for Casey, April, and Splinter. Yeah, April doesn't have a whole lot. Of, well, there was 
Cave Woman April. Cave Woman April. Yeah. <laughs> that we mentioned on this show. Casey but, only yeah, ever they, had one figure, so I unless they just have it be you know, he's got his green shoes, you know, like it's more cartoon. I didn't I didn't like well, I won't say I didn't like it because the, I did, there was nothing It's not that I didn't like it, but I while I was playing as Casey kept doing the voice from the 87 cartoon and then the game would talk and it kept reminding me oh he's a different voice in this like it didn't I I kind of wish they did the voice from the 87 cartoon does he say lawbreakers no but that's what I wanted I wanted him to be like lawbreakers like things like that like the voices home run like he could (laughs) have just like spouted a bunch of like weird one-liners like that the voices that don't match do stick out because I had posted uh, one of the times I played the punk frogs took out Leatherhead when they threw a barrel and he then ended up killing him. But it's not the original Leatherhead's voice because one of yeah. our Twitter followers noticed that. I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, obviously certain people, James Avery. Raphael's you know, definitely Rob Paulson, though. I, the I turtles are the that. turtles. Yeah. But I don't know if April is the same actress. It didn't sound so. like Pat Freely is Krang. Obviously, James Avery passed away, so the Shredder mm-hmm. voice is kind of weird to me. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, you expect like, some voices to be different, because like, I, I look at this like it's going to be the arcade, and in the arcade, the voices were never yeah. right. But I expect, like, I I didn't say I wanted the guy who did Casey's voice, but I wanted the person who was doing Casey's voice to imitate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, get more, because that's what an arcade machine would be. Usually, like, they would sound like they were at least imitating the character. Yeah. So, I mean, the turtles are spot on, and I, they really, in my opinion, brought everyone's personalities in really well, whether it's the heroes or the enemies. Because I like that some of the foot soldiers are just doing normal things. Yeah. And then go, oh, to turtles and attack you. Yeah, like they're working a fast food counter or something and then they hop out. Yeah. And it's funny to see enemies. So I feel like the roadkill Rodneys are insanely easy in this game compared to all the other games. But I didn't. Yeah, you're right. Because I usually I didn't think about that, but I usually have a problem with them and I didn't in this game. But those little pill-shaped robots that you have to turn on their side are just yeah. as difficult as they've always been. I usually use my like mega super move on yeah. them, which I love that that doesn't make you take damage and they yes. actively encourage you to use it. So another thing we haven't mentioned is you build up like with each hit, each time you hit an enemy, you kind of build up this meter so you can use your super attack. And that encourages you. It's not new. Like, I think Streets of Rage did it that way, or one of the others did. But it's new for a turtle game because it encourages you to to use it because now if it's if the meter's full and you're landing hits, you're not charging anything. So I always, I always keep one in the bank for the boss, and then I use the second one because you get two. Uh, you can get it up to three. Oh, that's right. I know. See, I haven't been playing much. I just unlocked the third one, and I saw that you get a new move if you can charge it all the way to three. You can, like, basically spend all three at once, which I haven't done that yet. 
I think my favorite nod to the toy line, and I'm sure it was intentional, is that you have the big mousers that are the size the action figure were. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. That's right. Yeah. I just thought they were bigger mousers. Yeah, you're right. That is what that is. And I think my favorite... It's a toss-up because I like the pizza monsters because that's a cool idea of making them more pizza-like. But mm-hmm. I like the mouser robots that have the small mousers for hands. Yep, that's cool too. And then they spin you around. And then oddly, my favorite boss fight's Metalhead, even though it's pretty much the same fight from Turtles in Time. Mm-hmm. Just updated. I gotta say, though, uh, I wish there was a way to insert the sound effect from the Super Nintendo game, because I, I kind of miss the... I do miss I, that. Yeah, I always love that. That's one of my favorite boss damage sound effects ever. But yeah, I mean, I think that's everything we have to say about the game. We've we've talked for almost 45 minutes now, and it's uh, it's definitely worth buying. Uh, so if you were on the fence and you were listening to this to be like, let's see what people who are obsessed with Ninja Turtles have to say about it. I have very few complaints. My, my complaints are literally just like, I'll never be able to 100% this because yeah. I won't be able to get the no damage achievements or the play with no continues or whatever. Um, I don't have a lot of complaints. Like, I wish there were more unlockable characters, but... What's there is gorgeous, and I'm probably going to play through this thing a thousand times like the rest of them, like oh, yeah. Manhattan Project, like the arcade game. And that I'll definitely, once Cowabunga does release, I want to do a full 14 game, you know, start at NES and get back to Shredder's Revenge. Just Go to in see. release order? Yeah. Release order or system order? Which would you do? Probably release order. Are you going to play Turtle? the different versions of... The arcade game and then the arcade game and then yep. Turtles in Time and Turtles in Time. Okay. Yep. And uh, all three versions of Tournament Fighters. Ooh, Brave Man. The NES one <laughs> is rough. <laughs> is that That's on there, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good luck with that. So... Anyway, thank everybody for listening. This will, like I said at the top of this podcast, we'll be back soon. As soon as we get our artwork, our our episode will go up that week, and it should be, like I said, end of this month, beginning of next month, we'll be back with our coverage of Volume Two, which will go right into Volume Three. We're gonna get forty straight weeks of podcasts, and what else? Yeah, be a Patreon because. If you just pledge a dollar a month starting in maybe September, maybe August, (laughs) we're going to be doing bonus episodes. Basically, whenever we finish recording the season, (laughs) which is we're so close, we're so close and we're also so close to we're so close to finishing it and starting it at the same time. Yeah, that's what happens when you pre-record time gets all out of hand. (laughs) So, uh, so definitely yeah. uh, tune in, rate and review us. And I mean, I don't know how many of you actually add us, but if you want to play Shredder's Revenge, let us know. I mean, maybe the online will be better by then, but I'm definitely down for uh, kicking some foot butt with some fellow turtle lovers. Welcome to the foot twitch. It's your boy Shredder. We're going to be playing Shredder's Revenge this week.
gonna kick. <laughs> He's got like a reverse version of the game where <laughs> the foot the turtles are the enemy, <laughs> and he fights using the foot soldiers. I always used the blue one. Because he's got a sword. I just noticed the blue foot soldiers have a sword like Leonardo. I have wow. to say that I never thought that the psi-wielding foot soldiers would be the hardest ones in a game, but now they are. There's no nunchuck ones that I can think of. Nope. They've got the tonfa, which I always thought was a really cool weapon. And if there was, uh, like, I was when they started making Jenica a thing, I was hoping that would be her weapon, but she went with the claws. But like the, the it Tunfa's like a nightstick, that thing. It's the R- Raph has him in Rise before he goes back to the size. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I I love those weapons and I want to see more of them. That's a really cool weapon. Nightwing uses them occasionally in the Batman comics. Good weapon. Nobody else has a plunger gun though, so kudos to the foot for that. Yeah, I love that. All right, thank you everybody. I'm gonna try to get this episode up ASAP now. Bye-bye. The Ninja Turtle Nerds is a fan-supported podcast. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash tmntnerds. If you'd like to see images of the comics we discussed in this episode, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at tmntnerds. Have a question or comment for us? You can email us at tmntnerds at gmail.com. And if you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening.